he reached for us. As we are read in our opening verses here, he came into the world not to condemn it, but that through the world it might be saved. God wants us to be saved. Basically, he wants us to be with him. And as we're singing about, he wants us to live with him, to be with him for all eternity. That is his plan. That is his purpose. And so he came as a form of a man to live among us and to give us a way of escape, a way out. So if you feel like you're alone, don't worry. God's been in the form of a man, and he's felt alone. If you feel hurt, don't worry. God was in the form of a man, and he was surely hurt. All his disciples abandoned him at the worst point in his time in history when he was about to die a bloody, painful, torturous death. They all abandoned him. So it's all right if you're feeling abandoned. God knows what that feels like. God knows what pain feels like for uh, to pour out into someone year after year after year, and then they still don't get it. It, but he still loves and he continues to move on. God knows about that. So all that we really face, God, God understands fully. He was in this body. He knows what it is to try to think good thoughts and you're battling with these bad thoughts and you're trying your hardest to think good thoughts and it just seems like it doesn't happen. God understands. He sees your battle. He sees the struggle. But you keep, keep and continue on. And so he came to save us as a man. He, he did it himself. He tried in the Old Testament uh, to work with human beings, and it just didn't quite work. Uh, sometimes we chose God, and sometimes we didn't. And we kept going back and forth uh, with Abraham's family and the Jews, and then enough was enough. God said, I got to send a Savior now, and I have to do it myself. And so God came, and he saved us. He died on that cross, and with that death, he said, it is finished. The sin problem, it is finished. Fear, it is finished. Anxiety, it is finished. Stress, it is finished. Pain, it is finished. Loneliness, it is finished. And I can just go on and on down a big old list. It's all finished. Loneliness is finished. Feeling all abandoned is finished. Because he says, I'm never going to leave you. Your family might leave you. Your friends probably will leave you. But I'm never going to leave you. Even if you're not reaching for me, I'm still not going to leave you. I'm still going to reach for you. I'm still going to continue to pursue you because I truly love you. I look past the mistakes. I look past the failures, and I see potential, and I'm reaching for you. I think you can make it. I believe you can make it. I know you can make it. And so God continues and continues to reach for us. And with his death and burial and resurrection, now he died, and then as a man, he rose up from the dead, and then... Uh, he resurrected from that dead and ascended up into glory. So if we follow him, we follow that same path. We have to die in, in, uh, in repentance to our sins. We're buried in baptism and water in the name of Jesus, and then we resurrect with that Holy Ghost uh, baptism. And now we too can go up in the sky just like he went up in the sky when he returns. Similar process. So God has reached for us. And as believers, we are extremely blessed. Blessing isn't just financial. It's not just material. We are spiritually extremely blessed. Extremely blessed. Amen. We have access unto God Almighty himself 24-7, 365, every second of the day, every millisecond, every nanosecond. We can be in contact with God, with the creator, with the almighty, with the savior. We have complete contact with him. Before, not so much. 
Uh, some of us might not even be looking for him, or might not even been reaching for him, but he was still reaching for us. But now we have complete and total access. Anybody have a problem that's going on in their life? Oh, we can raise hands, feet, every toe, every limb, <laughs> our whole body if we need to. You have access to God. It doesn't have to stay the same. It can change. Is it hard? Oh, yes. Is it painful? For sure. But can you get up and go through it? Yes, you can. Because with God, all things are possible. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm painful. It doesn't matter. I still can get up. I can, I can crawl. I can walk. I'll do the army crawl. I'm doing something. I still have uh, the ability to get to God. And when I get to him, oh, he can change it. Oh, it can be transformed. It can be completely different. Might it take some time? Oh, for sure. God teaches that. He says, hey, learn from this parable about this unjust judge and this woman has something wrong to her. And this woman went to that judge every single day. She did not let up. She didn't quit. She didn't stop. He didn't answer him the first time I prayed. She's going again. He didn't answer the first time I went to him and asked for, uh, to you know, avenge me. Oh, I'm going again tomorrow. I'm going again tomorrow. I'm going again tomorrow. And then eventually she got her answer. And God's saying, that's how you pray. You continue. You continue. But I'm still in pain. That's all right. You're closer to your answer than you were yesterday. Just keep on going. Just pray again. Continue to move forward. And so... God, he reached for us so gratefully, so powerfully. One of the greatest examples of how he reached for us is when he washed the apostles' feet. Can you imagine the creator that created everything washing his creation in smelly, stinky feet that doesn't even, that still doesn't get it, <laughs> still hasn't fully understood who he is or what he came to do? Yet he still did it. He still washed the feet. He still served them. And so God has reached for us so greatly, so powerfully, so wonderfully, and he is still reaching for us today. So even those, even those that make mistakes, God still reaches for them. God still reaches for us. We'll see in Revelation uh, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. We're going to read about Jezebel here. And if you read the Old Testament about Jezebel, you will come to understand that she was not making the best decisions, uh, and, and in particular with her relationship with God. But we'll see here what God even God opened up for her. It says in uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Now this is uh, God talking to his church here. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Saying, hey, I don't like that you're approving of this woman. Uh, it could have been a man for that matter. It didn't matter. You're, that's deceiving my people, that's dividing you, that's dividing the body of Christ, that's leading you astray. But then he says this, and I gave her a space to repent of her fornication. And it says she repented not, and she repented not. But God gave her a chance. God was still reaching for Jezebel. Oh, you're awful, Jezebel, you're dirty, you're wicked, but I'm still reaching. You can still be saved, Jezebel. You still have an opportunity to turn it all around. You still have an opportunity to repent and restore your relationship with God. And so here we learn that two things. One, God's not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter well, where your background is, where you came from, or maybe even what you have done, what you've said, what you've decided. And here it shows that God is always reaching for us. He continues to reach for us no matter the circumstance, no matter uh, what is happening. And so God still reached for this woman that made mistakes. God continued to reach for Abraham's family, the Jews, even though they did not want to reach for God. 
Some of them did, a few of them did, but overall, they weren't really interested in God. They were only interested in God when they got into trouble. And then they started crying out. They said, oh, we got to start lifting up our holy hands now. We got to start praying now. I got to start getting this Bible open now. I'm in trouble. I'm in despair. Oh, I've gotten into a bad situation. And, of course, they cry out, and God would deliver them. And they do good for a little while. Then they slip right back into it again. And the process continued, but God was still reaching for them. God still reached for David, and he failed miserably, terribly. Ooh, he felt bad. God still reached for David. God still reached for people that had made bad mistakes, terrible decisions, awful decisions. But God still reaches for them. God still wants to redeem them. God still loves them. God still wants to bring restoration. He still wants to have a relationship with them. He still wants to have a good, thriving, proper relationship with them. He wants us all to be with him. And so God has continued to reach out for many of us, even when we were not reaching back for him. Uh, there's a time in my own life where uh, I wasn't really reaching for God, but God was reaching for me. Uh, it took me 19 years to, <laughs> to finally get it, to finally reach back for God. Some people it took less, some people maybe longer. But God was reaching for me. I had no clue who he was. I didn't even know what his name was. I knew about Jesus, you know, historically, you know, uh, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't know Jesus was God. I had no clue. I didn't know who God was. I didn't even know there was a creator. I didn't even think there was a creator. But God was still reaching for me. Little by little, year after year, he was still trying. He was still uh, trying to reach my heart, to reach my mind. He saw everything that went on. He saw the loneliness and the pain and the hurt and, and the rough times. And he was just trying to reach to help, saying, hey, I can help. Hey, I can help. Hey, I can help. Uh, I was a little hard-headed, so finally he had to get my attention. I had to break my collarbone, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work. I couldn't even cook. It was hard to change the shirt. It was hard to take a shower. I couldn't really move. I was kind of stuck. And that was the perfect time for him to reach again. But this time I was ready. I was listening. And so I reached back for him. But even if we have reached for God, there are times where it gets so hard, life gets so rough that it feels like, oh, it's not worth reaching for God anymore. I've done that before. I've done that for so long. And look where I am now. I'm still hurting. I'm still upset. I'm still in this bad situation. Is it going to work? Can, am I going to be the same? Or, no, nah, this is just normal, so I might as well just not even try and just continue to live life. No, you continue to reach. You continue to reach out for God. And so, same with me. I started reaching out for God. I had to reach even in opposition of my family. Even in uh, opposition, sometimes my own understanding, some things I didn't fully understand, but I still was like, oh, no, I've got to reach for God. I don't fully understand, but I know I've got I to reach for God, so let me just reach for him, and I'll get the understanding, I'll get the knowledge, I'll get the wisdom as I go along, as I reach for him. And so we also learned that it is not God's will that anyone should die and go to hell. That's not his will. Now, we may have a bad experience, and maybe we might hit... Uh, our mind might go to that bench and say, oh, you did this. You did something to me so bad that, whoo, I would, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't. Like, no, 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 I shouldn't think like that. You know, I'm a Christian or whatever. But sometimes we have these feelings in our heart uh, negative against someone because how bad they have treated us. But it's not God's will that any should die. It wasn't God's will that Jezebel would die and go to hell. He gave her a chance. He gave her opportunity. I'll even say this. Who, wh wh whoever has done something terrible to you, it's still God's will for that person to make it to heaven. It's not God's will for that person to burn and fire and brimstone for all their uh, eternal existence. 
God still wants them to be saved as well. No matter how terrible it was, how awful, how ridiculous it was, God still wants them to be restored. He still loves that soul. And so we see in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Now that's the whole message in itself. What God says, he's going to back it up. It may take years, it may take decades, but it's going to happen. Just hold on to it and keep moving forward. But God doesn't, he's not slack concerning his promise, as other men, you know, count slackness. But he's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. That is God's master plan, that all will come to repentance. All seven billion about people on this earth will come to repentance. Every country, every nation, every time, that everyone will come to repentance and be in that right relationship with God. Do you know how wonderful this earth would be if everyone was like that? Oh, it would be glorious. All work would be different. (laughs) Everything would completely change. It would be entirely different. But that's what heaven is going to be like. But it's not God's will that anybody should die. And so if someone has done something wrong to us, just let it go. Just release it. They're guilty in our eyes, but in God's eyes, God's saying they're guilty. But we were all guilty. None was worthy. I still want to reach that soul. They still need to get to me. They still need a relationship with me. But we have to just let go of that pain. Does it hurt? Oh, definitely, to the core. Sometimes it hurts so bad you get a wounded spirit. And God says, who can bear a wounded spirit? Nobody can. No one's strong enough. No one's tough enough. Uh, No one can hide good enough. You can't bear it. It's impossible. So God's design is just release them, forgive them. Matter of fact, love them. Do kind things to them. Pray for them. And that's how you find your healing. Uh, for offenses and things like that. And also, you follow God's plan for going to them and this and that. You follow that protocol there as well. But we've got to release them to get our healing. I think too many people don't have healing because they don't forgive. Truly forgive. God said, you love me with your words, Jews, but your heart is is way over here. (laughs) You say you forgive, but your heart's still holding that bitterness, still resentful. You see that person, you're like, whoop, oh, no, I ain't see you, but I know you're right there, but no, I didn't really see you. God's saying, why live your life that way? You can have freedom. I came to give you peace and joy. Do you want it? Just let it go. I let a lot of things go in your life. Just let it go. And God used another example of uh, this man that had a big debt, and he went to the person, the, and the person forgave him of this great debt, and then this man that was forgiven of his debt, someone owed him some money, and he said, oh, you better give me my money. I'm going to throw you in the prison if you don't give me my money. And then the guy that forgave him found out, he's like, what, you wicked servant, what's wrong with you? I forgave you, why aren't you forgiving? And God even goes further and very plain. He says, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. So if you need any further proof that you've got to forgive, it's right there. So we just have to let it go. But it hurts so much that sometimes it's a little hard to release it. It's a little hard to, to let it go. Because, oh, it hurts so bad. This is my hurt, this is my pain. But do you want the healing? You could be free from that. Your life doesn't have to be trapped in that box any longer. I don't know much. I want to break out that box. I want to be able to love everybody, love my enemies. I want to be able to move forward, live my life the way God wants me to. And hopefully that person makes it as well. And so God has not come back yet. But as Brother Milton said, he is very close. If you read Revelation, a lot of things are happening in the earth. And he's getting very close. So he's not back yet. So God is still reaching until he returns, until he comes back. And since he's not back yet, there is time for us to reach for God. There is time to reach for him. 
And so we must reach for God. We have to reach for God. God has done so much for us, and he is looking for a people that will reach for him, that will reach for him first and often. First and often. Sometimes when we get hurt, we don't necessarily run to God at first. Sometimes I don't. I'm like, whoo, I need to go in my corner and pout a little bit because this was bad. This was, why'd you do this? Man, what, what, or man what, is, what is wrong with you? Don't you know? Don't you understand? Don't you know better? What, why did this happen? Oh, now I got this hurt. Oh, messing me all up. But God is looking for a people that will reach for him first. As soon as you get hurt, boo, oh, I'm going to God. God got hurt. He already knows he got hurt. He knows exactly what happened. He's just waiting for you to come to him. Because going to him is the only way you will get fully healed. You get that full freedom and that peace and that joy again. You'll be completely uh, removed from those chains. You will be restored. And so God's looking for people that will reach for him. First, always, first. Get a promotion on a job, I got a promotion. Oh, going to God. I got the promotion, God, now what? It's not my money. God blesses me to have it anyway. So what do you want me to do with it? Or whatever happens in our lives. God's looking for people that will reach him first. That will reach him first and, and often, consistently. I would say even always, continually. It says pray without ceasing. Just continue to pray. Do it over and over and over. Keep reaching and reaching and reaching. There will never be a point in this walk with God that we can stop reaching. There will never be that point. Um, I mean, maybe when God comes in all his glory, but then we won't be reaching because we're in his presence completely, purely, and unhindered, so it will be a little different. But while we're here on this earth, we've got to reach. We have to reach. So he wants us to reach often. And one of the great ways we can reach God is by praying to God, talking to him. And so this really is, is a, in a sense, like God's cry. He's looking for someone to reach for him in prayer every day, every morning, every night, throughout the day. He's looking. He's looking for someone that's going to pray with faith, praying that when I pray this prayer, God is able to answer it. When I pray this prayer, God is capable of answering this prayer. When I pray this prayer, the situation is able to change with God because God can change it. Human intellect is not going to change. Spiritual intellect, ah, it's going to change. Um, so God is looking for people that will pray with faith, believing that it can happen. For example, no one in my family is saved. I can say, oh, I know my family is saved. Lord, save my family. There's no faith in that. Maybe a tiny little bit. Maybe not even a grain of a mustard seed. You have to believe that your answer can happen. It can come to pass. And if you pray the word of God, which God is bound to his word, is going to come to pass. That's how it works. And so God is looking for people that will pray with faith. And that's what this world needs desperately. This world doesn't need uh, kind of weak little prayers. I'm not saying that anybody prays a little weakly. I do it sometimes. I don't really give my all. Oh, I'm not really into it. I just kind of pray because I know I got to pray, right? We're all supposed to pray. Pray, 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 pray. So I'm like, all right, I got to go and pray. But God is looking to pray with faith. Do we believe that New Britain can have more souls saved in this city. Downtown looks terrible. It looks a little scary. Arch Street maybe not be the best. Uh, New Britain High, whoo, is definitely rough and tough. Hard-hitting New Britain, but can they be saved? God says yes. But if we don't believe that, then the prayers for the city aren't going to be as effective. But if we believe, okay, God can transform New Britain. New Britain can be the center of revival that sweeps over the whole world. Yeah. It can be here. It can be in this city. 
That's how it was in the different cities all over the world. You look at church history, it was in Europe, it was in, you know, Azusa Street. It just started in one little city, and boom, it swept over the whole entire world. So this city could be that city, but you have to believe that God can do it. And God can do it. He says, there's nothing too hard for me. And so he can. So God's looking for people that will believe, like I said, that God can answer the prayers being prayed. Powerful prayers with our heart, with our emotions, with the Bible itself. Don't be afraid to get emotional when you pray. That's perfectly fine. That's a great time to get emotional. Even when you're worshiping, don't be afraid to get all emotional. It's for God anyway. It's not for anybody else. It's not for a show. It's not for entertainment. It's for God Almighty. And God, I believe in this hour, even, even in 2020 and just continuing as we're coming to the end of, in a sense, history on this earth itself, God is looking for people that will intercede for others. And as we're going to read in the book of Nehemiah, we're going to read about a man that interceded for the whole nation of Israel and for the city of Jerusalem. This book, if you want to learn about intercession, is the book of Nehemiah. And what this man did. And we're going to read uh, chapter 1. It's kind of lengthy, but bear with me here. There's a point that God wants to make. So it starts off. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah. A lot of eyes. Uh, and it came to pass in the month Chislehu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came and all he and certain men of Judah, you know, Jews in Israel, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, uh, and concerning Jerusalem. So at this time, Jerusalem got conquered because the people said, eh, we don't want to reach for God anymore. And God said, okay, you're going to go in slavery now with the hopes that that will help you to reach for God, that you will turn around. And so uh, we find out here in uh, verse 3, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province, they're in great affliction. And reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. It's torn down. And the gates thereof, they're burned with fire. So you get the city is, is tore up. It's beat up. It's on fire. It's all broken down. Buildings are destroyed. And then it says, and it came to pass, when I heard these words, I just moved, went about my day. I know I just pressed on, kept going. No, no. Or I, I, I moved to a different city. That's not what he did. When I heard these words, that I sat down and I wept. Uh, that means cry. He started crying. He got emotional. And he mourned certain days. He was mourning because of what happened. And he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear not be attentive and thine eyes be open, that thou mayest hear the prayers of thy servant. I'll even stop here. He's not playing around. Uh, he sees a terrible situation. He's crying out. He's reaching out to God. Which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. He didn't say these people sinned. He said, I sinned too. We all sinned. We're all failed. And he says, we've dealt very corruptly against you. And have not kept your command, the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which you commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that you commanded uh, to thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. 
But if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather you back again uh, from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there, which is Jerusalem. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now... Let thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So here you see a man that he starts crying out for this nation, for uh, the city of Jerusalem, for the Jews. He starts crying out. He fasts. He starts mourning. He gets so emotional, and he's in pain. He's in agony, and he's crying out to God, saying, forgive us, God. Oh, we've done so wrong. We knew better, God. We understood what your word said, but we just didn't keep it, God. Oh, can you forgive us? In your word, it says that we turn to you, then you're going to restore everything back. So, Lord, hear my prayer. Hear the one that's speaking to you. Hear your servant. And so he's interceding. He's interceding. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for people to intercede for others. There's people out there, they don't know who God is. They have no clue. They're just completely lost. Families lost. Little kids just grow up in a terrible uh, environment, and that's all they know. They don't know anything. They're completely lost. And God is looking, will someone intercede? Will somebody pray? Will someone get a hunger for prayer to intercede for them? Will someone pray for these nations that are just being destroyed in such a terrible time? In a sense, we'll, like uh, you can see what's going on in the news today with Iran and also, will someone pray for Iran? It's a terrible situation. Someone pray for this country, every country all over the world. Somebody intercede. Say, Lord, forgive us. We've done wrong. But God, in your word, it says we turn to you, you'll forgive us. You want to save us anyway. It's not true that any should perish. But, oh, God, step into the situation. Change this. You do that day after day after day like that, there's, God's going to move. He's going to have to. He, he keys, we, won't, we won't hold back himself. And also, Jesus, when he came to Jerusalem, uh, when he was uh, teaching, he said, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. And he says, oh, you know, you, you stoned the prophets. Why, Jerusalem? Why did you kill the word of God that I was trying to send to you to help you, to save you? He says, I would have brought you together like hens, you know, uh, like a hen does to her little chicks. I would have brought you so close to me, but you, you just wouldn't. You didn't want to listen. So even there, Jesus is mourning over, is, uh, over Jerusalem. And even when he saw us, he saw great multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion because he saw us as sheep that didn't have a shepherd. So God is, is looking for us to reach in prayer and for interceding for others. And also, we, are to, we can reach for God in studying the Bible to live the life God is revealing to us. Uh, you probably figured this out. When you start reading the Bible, God will start revealing uh, a life that you're not living that he wants you to live. And you got to make those adjustments so you can line up. And then once you make those adjustments, he shows you some more. And then once you do that, he shows you some more because he wants you to bear as much fruit as possible. So he's going to prune this off and this branch and cut that off because he wants you to be so fruitful, so abundantly fruitful in your life on this earth. And so... This is a way we can reach for God, studying the word of God. Because God is looking for more laborers. He is looking for more laborers. He asked specific prayer, probably twice. One time in the garden, he said, 
come on, pray for me for his hour. Don't fall asleep now. I know you're tired. I know it's late. We're in the, we're in the garden. You know, we, we used to go over here, but come on, just pray. I need you. I need help. This is the greatest time, uh, hour for me. I need some help. I need some encouragement. I need some strength. And also he prayed. He said, hey, ask the, the Father to send laborers into the harvest. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers. There's just not enough caring people. There's not enough loving people. There's not enough people that will forgive and leave the offenses aside and reach out for the enemy and love the enemy. There's not enough people that are going to intercede and fast and cry out and travail and not be worried about what they have or don't have on this earth, but about the souls that are going to die, the souls that need help, the souls that need to make it into heaven. So he said I, there needs to be more laborers. And he says that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Now, some people, you know, may say, oh, we're not going to have revival in the Northeast. Or, oh, we're not going to have revival here or in the Midwest. They have revival back in the days. We can't have it now. The harvest is plenteous. Souls are ready to be saved. All over the world, the harvest is ready. It's ripe. It's time to just go and pluck out uh, from the branch or from the tree or from the bush and put it, you know, uh, in the barrel, so to speak. Take the soul out of, out of uh, the world and bring them into the kingdom of God. The harvest is plenteous. Revival can happen anywhere, everywhere. There's no situation where it can't have revival. You can look at uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, no revival there, Brother Brown. He's in a den of lions. He's about to get tore up and chomped on, and that's it. But God said, I'm not limited to some animal, some beast. Was that the king of the what? No, I am the king of kings. So he's not touching my servant. He's not touching him at all. So revival can happen anywhere. I think especially in the darkest places, because that's where the light shines the most. Right in that dark spot, you turn that light on when your house is pitch black. You ever go to the bathroom at night, you turn the light on, oh, my eyes is so bright. I think it's the same way in the world today. Wherever it's dark, oh, that's a great opportunity for light to shine. And it'll shine so bright, and then all, all these people will be attracted to it. And so the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The harvest is going to go bad because there's not enough people to go in and pick the grapes, you could say, in the field. There's not enough. I can't reach it all. I can't get it all. Because it does take work. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of planning and strategy and prayer and fasting and dedication and sacrifice. But the fruit is worth it. Oh, a soul is worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it and still are worth it. We all are worth it. So he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, I had this verse. Um, you know, I understood that. I was like, okay. We need, to be, we need more laborers. But then God connected this one with 2 Timothy 2.15. And in a sense, that's the qualification to be a laborer or how you become one. And it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that he have not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as you study the Bible, you're approved of God. God can approve you. Ah, okay. Now I can send you out now. Now you can handle that situation. You can handle this soul. Now you understand. And now you're a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. And now you can rightly divide the word of truth. Go on and labor into my harvest. So studying is related to being a laborer. To being a laborer. When someone asks you a question about God, do you know how to explain it? Can you explain who he is? Can you explain how to have, reconnect the relationship with him to someone that doesn't have it? You know, and many other things. So studying ties in with laborers. So you can say there's not a lot of laborers because there's not a lot of studying. There's not a lot of being approved of God, of just laying everything aside. I'm studying God. I want to figure out who are you, God. 
How do, how do people get, how do people are baptized with the Holy Ghost? How does that work? I want to learn so I can help. How can I explain your death, burial, and resurrection to somebody? How can I explain the gospel to somebody? Or, you know, how can I change my speech to line up with your word? On and on and on and on. And as you're doing that, you're being more like God. And once you're more like God, he sends you right along your way. He says, go ahead. And that's exactly what he did to the disciples. He taught them for some time. And he said, all right, now, you 70, it's time for you to go out and do what I told you to do, what I'm teaching you. He says, staying over here with me, you go out and do the work now. You're approved, you've learned, you understand. Now it's your turn. And sure enough, they went and came back, and they were so happy, like, "Woo, it's working. This is working exactly what you said. And so this is how we can connect with God, with studying his word. We can become a laborer, and we can help in the harvest. And also, we can reach God through adversity, through pain, through hard times. I will tell you this. It may not be good, but it is the truth itself. We will face hard times. You probably already faced hard times already, so you're like, oh, that's nothing new. But you're going to face hard times and hard situations. But we still can reach for God in these moments. That's probably the greatest moment you need to reach for God. We're going through a hard and a trying situation. When you're feeling weak and, like, everything's coming against you, I go left, I'm getting hit. I go right, I'm getting hit. I can't, oh, I can't win. Yes, you can win. With God, you can win. There's no more losing anymore. With God, you can win. But you just got to reach. Even in your pain, you've got to reach. Even in your hurt, you've got to reach. Even in your, uh, the wound in your spirit, you still got to reach for that healing. You got to reach for God. So we still can, we have to reach for God even in adversity. When our faith was tried, we can reach for God and he can help us be victorious. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you're going through. You can get through it with God. You can overcome you can still have joy through it. You can have peace in the Holy Ghost through it. You still can have praise and worship unto God. It doesn't have to go down and dwindle away. None of that. Not anymore. We have access unto uh, all that God has for us. And these are many great things that he has for us. Is it painful? Yes. Does it hurt? Oh, for sure. Does it leave a memory in our mind that kind of comes back every now and then? Probably, yes. But can you overcome that? Oh, yes. With God, you can. You definitely can. Can you have joy through all that? Yes, I can. Look at Paul. He was beat up. He was shipwrecked. He was thrown to prison. This man traveled all, uh, halfway across the world, in a sense, <laughs> as a prisoner. He was still reaching for God. Oh, I've got to pray. Timothy, bring me the parchments, Timothy. Oh, you got to bring me that word, Timothy. I'm still reaching for God. I'm still going to press through. I'm in prison. I'm still witnessing the people. I'm still going to reach out for lost souls. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. Even John in the Isle of Patmos, he's in prison again, and he writes the book of Revelation. He says, oh, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was still reaching for God. I'm in darkness all around me, but I have the light inside of me, so really I'm surrounded by a light. I'm not surrounded by darkness. I'm just next to the darkness. And so even in the hard times, we've got to reach for God. And I'll even say this. This is an interesting experiment you can do. Next time you go through something hard and you just feel so heavy, you feel depressed and lonely, start worshiping God. Start worshiping God in that moment, and it, you will change. Your countenance will change. Your mind literally will change. Now, don't do one of these. Oh, Lord, you're so holy. Praise God like you know how to praise God. Worship him like the king of kings, not like a little, a little K king. He's the big K king. All caps, Lord. When you're in a, tar, a hard, terrible time, and you start praising God like that, whoo, God to have us the praises of his people. He's going to come right there, boom, right to you. Next thing you know, oh, you got peace, you have joy. You know what? I can't get through this. It's terrible. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've got a peace that passes all understanding. I've got direction now from the Lord on what to do, and hey, it's going to be all right in the long run. 
And so that's just a little side note there to test that out. It's worked very good. Um, I've tried that in my own personal life. At first, I said, this makes no sense. This is dumb. Why am I going to do this? It's terrible. I'm in a bad situation. Why am I going to praise God? And God said, just praise me. See what happens. Like, All right. Uh, I know paraphrasing, so I praised him, and whew, it was wonderful. I had hope again. I had peace again. I got my focus off what's going on, all the darkness, and back on light itself. And I was good to go. And so we have an opportunity tonight to reach for God, to leave the hurts, the pains, the offenses behind us, and leave here changed. You can leave here changed. You're going to have to leave here the same as you came in. But it's going to determine on your faith. Do you believe you can leave here changed? Do you believe God can do it tonight, today, this moment, this, this, this evening? Can it happen? Or uh, it's just a Sunday night. It's not going to happen. I got to wait for an on-fire conference, and then, whoo, I'm going to get my breakthrough. When God can give you a breakthrough every second. <laughs> you can wake up out your bed, breakthrough right there, boom. And so tonight we have an opportunity. So let's just move our faith to what God can do. He can do anything. He's the one that moves mountains. We sing about he moved the mountains. Oh, I believe. I see you do it again. But not in this situation, though. But in the song, yeah, I like to sing it. But God really actually can do it. God really can heal your heart. God really can remove the pain. God really can help you move from your past and reach for your future in God and to press toward that mark. It can really happen. You can receive help from God. You can receive direction. You don't know what to do or you got this terrible situation. How am I supposed to figure this out? You can get your answer from God here tonight. And so if we all stand, I'm coming to a close. Amen. So again, this whole message was just reaching for God. And I know most of us are reaching for God, but keep reaching for God. Don't ever stop. Don't ever let up. Don't ever think you can just kind of coast. No, I got to keep reaching with all that I've got. We sing about praising God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. What does that really look like? That's a sold out. I'm focused. Nothing's stopping me. No pain, no offense, no hurt. I'm going all the way through to meet my Savior, to meet God Almighty. And so same thing in reaching with God. So you can come to the front if you like. If we, matter of fact, we can all just come to the front. Put no one on the spot here. Don't worry about what somebody thinks about you. Oh, they're coming to the front, so they must be a bad person. No, we're coming to the front because I got to connect with God. I need some help. I need some power. I need some more anointing. I need some more peace. I need some power.